Thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Today, Pastor Matt and I have a conversation about his message, Forward Thinking. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here on this faithful, faithful Thursday to have ourselves a conversation. Let's let's converse. You may be asking yourself, what are we going to have a conversation about? What are these two guys talking about and why should we care? Well, mm. not really sure why you should care, but um, what we are talking about is we're talking about your message from Sunday that's yeah. called uh, Forward Thinking. Yeah, man. And if you want to watch that, the video link is in the description and it's mm. also on our YouTube channel and our website. But um, we're going through a study in 2 Corinthians called Reconciliation. Yep. And this is the third third installment correct mm -hmm. third yeah third installment so mm -hmm. talked about a lot of interesting stuff this week yeah. um you hit on a couple things uh your opening line here in the program is uh paul's drawing on the example of the past to show us just how bright our future is mm. and so we're loaded here Let's with get some the word play there yeah yeah i did moses's face yeah man yeah, uh, it, it was good, though. I appreciated it because of my appreciation for all things Old Testament. Mm. Um, and if you don't appreciate the Old Testament, we can't be friends. Um, but it was really good stuff. And I think that there's a lot. You spent a lot of time just unpacking some different truths about uh, the law and about, um, you know, what Paul is drawing on when he's talking. And so I think it's, uh, it's just really good stuff. Cool. Some really interesting things to talk about. Well, I hope it's helpful. Yeah. Well, let's jump in. All right, so let's jump back in here. So we're talking about law. Um, can you kind of, I guess, maybe give us some, for those who maybe haven't watched the message yet or listened to it, uh, do you want to give us some background maybe, uh, just kind of where you were coming from in this message, what you, know, what, what you mean when you say forward thinking? Yeah, so I think that, you know, my understanding reading this passage is that, you know, there's there's some Judaizers that are there in the church that are present, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of like this tension that you see Paul, um, you know, kind of like working through is that there are some that are, um, you know, they, they have, they, they grew up Jew and, you know, they see some of their other Jewish brothers and sisters that are converting, namely Paul, right, Peter, some of these guys. And, you know, their tendency was to, one of their tendencies um, as I'm kind of like gleaning, you know, from this book in particular and some of the others is that they would push on to the new believers, you know, law. They would push on Mosaic law. They would push on them how life looked before Jesus, you know, in the old, under the old covenant. And, you know, Paul's language is very, um, it's very direct, you know, and I think, you know, Galatians pulling in that passage of Galatians chapter three, uh, is it, it's just very clear as to what Paul is trying to say. And then I think on top of that, and, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit, but, um, you know, and I'm not saying I've, I've figured any of this out. You know, I'm still noodling through quite a bit, but uh, the ink blots, as that one fellow talks about. But hmm. uh, I, I think for me, <clears throat> you know, it was, it was necessary. It wasn't really a rabbit trail because he talks about it. Right here in chapter three, he, he compares the glory that Moses had. And, you know, if if the law, 
you know, in, in Moses's receiving of the law on Mount Sinai produced a, a certain amount of glory in his own face and in his own countenance with the condemnation that came with it. Then how does the gospel, you know what I mean? Not how, how much new, greater. Yeah. How does the new covenant not produce a significant amount of glow in our lives? And, Hashtag and, glow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it was just very going back to that story, going back to, uh, what I would call just the debauchery of the old Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just so unique, uh, but it's not, you know, it's, it's a crazy story, but it's not a crazy story. When we wrap our heads around what we deal with, even today, what mm -hmm. we've dealt with through history, um, and, you know, Sarah and I were even talking about, you know, just laws through, through the millennia, you know, older civilizations that had laws and, you know, and, and, an eye for an eye sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it all goes back to the fact that they were necessary for the survival of humanity, you know, because without that, the boundaries would constantly be pushed. No one would ever govern themselves. Mm -hmm. And it takes the collective whole governing and keeping each other accountable just for survival's sake, you know. And so when this when when it comes to our faith, when it comes to what we have now received that is more glorious and that uh, should be more evident. Right. Paul is saying this isn't more learning. This isn't more understanding of. Uh, you know, what the law was intended to do. And I understand that there's a little bit of, you know, tongue in cheek there. It is, but it isn't. You know, the point is, is what is now, what was once an attempt to understand something is now something that has been internalized. It's yeah. now something that has been made real. You're, a, you're now a, a being that, um, you know, has the Holy Spirit of God indwelling, and it's now about the spirit of the thing rather than the letter of the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it's just so unique the way he puts it. I think that it's, um, you know, a beautiful way, you know, to to kind of depict it with the story of Moses. Um, so anyway, the idea of forward thinking is Paul is saying, don't pull from the past and inject your past into your future. You know, understand your past and push forward thinking in the new covenant, right, for what the Lord has ahead, you know, and mm -hmm. there's a difference in I'm going to take the principles of the past and apply them to now versus I now completely and holistically understand my past. And so therefore I'm going to, you know, literally push off into uncharted waters. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there's so much more to be discovered, you know, rather than, you know, oh my goodness, this back here, what I was dealing with, you know, it was a John boat. And now I've got this, you know, Royal Caribbean cruise ship, you know, that I'm about to embark yeah. with. It's just a, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic, but it brings into question all of these, you know, sort of uh, other religions and other philosophies that are hinging on your works, that are hinging on the things that you do. That would be interjecting taking your old past and trying to make a new future that would be the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and, and trying to expect different results paul is saying what the law does is something the law has done since the law began since the mm -hmm. law came into fruition it condemns it, yeah. it kills and you know even moses with obviously this idea of a, a theocracy you know, understanding that the Lord's presence was there and it was real and it was needed. Uh, and that presence was what kept them afloat. You know what I mean? 
Um, but then, you know, the Lord had the plan, had this plan, the gospel to, uh, reside or indwell and have his presence be within us. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this is that idea of forward thinking, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, and when we are considering the, the holistic picture here of what the Lord is bringing about, you know, for us to run back and try to, uh, work and move and breathe in a system that was created for our own condemnation really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, it doesn't. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot, but it's good. And I think, you know, if this is your, if you're watching and this is your first time, uh, maybe you're a new Christian and this is all kind of new to you. Uh, there's a struggle, I think when we read scripture, because we're taught to, you know, we want to read the whole Bible because, as the Bible Project would say, it's a unified story that leads to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's all important. Yeah. But how do we parse out all of the stuff that, A, we don't understand, and B, sounds like it shouldn't really apply today. Yeah. And I think where Paul is coming from is Sinai is in the past, and it should stay in the past, not mm-hmm. because the quote-unquote, man, we could really get into the weeds with this, but I won't. Um, some of it can. I think some of it would be good. Really? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, just a little bit. We're gonna turn we're gonna turn the gain way down to keep a steady feed coming out of here if it's not too much. Yeah, um, just a little bit because I think it is, you know, I, I think there are some unhealthy things maybe that we could talk about that come out of this. Yes. So Paul's point, I think, or and, and by the way, we have not rehearsed this. <laughs> no, no, we're we're talking live right now. Yeah, we're literally um, working. This is unedited. Um, generally unedited. <laughs> um, but I think Paul in my opinion, what Paul is doing is he's saying, hey, Sinai belongs in the past, not because Sinai and the, you know, the covenant that was continued in Jesus is irrelevant. It's not because of that. It's because of the fact that the Sinai points to a greater reality. And that's what the book of Hebrews is all about, is the fact that, you know, the the tabernacle and, and, and everything that was set up, the priesthood, it was all a shadow of a high priest that would come. Aaron you know, Aaron, the first high priest, was a shadow of the true high priest, which is Jesus, the son of man. And so you think about all of this and you think about what the true point of the law was. And it wasn't, you know, this perfect set of, of uh, rules and guidelines to guide us throughout, you know, the rest of human history. It, it was a means to an end, um, you know, not destruction per se, though that is kind of how it ends. You know, Paul yeah. talks about the curse of the law, which is exile. And that is how that ended for the Israelites. They were in exile and they were still in exile when Jesus came. Mm -hmm. And part of what Jesus did was he was, uh, you know, he subliminally, uh, you know, had had talked about himself being the solution to their exile. And so as we look at Old Testament, I think it's important. We can't we can't look at it as a like, oh, okay, well, I should be doing this or. We can't look at it as a, as the way that the uh, you know the village atheist would look at it and say like oh well you guys pick and choose what you follow in scripture so how are you going to tell me like right this is a hot button topic with how are you going to tell me that you know gay marriage isn't okay but you also don't do X Y Z here over in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and they say that because a they don't haven't taken the time to understand and b there's just a whole lot more going on here you know what I mean yeah I think that part of it would be like. And maybe this is a horrible example, but I'm just, you know, we're, we're trying to like put this into terms here, but it, it would be like us talking about, um, the constitution and like our government mm-hmm. and then talking about like traffic laws. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, two different, two, two very different things where we're like, well, yeah, you, you know, you can't run a stop sign. 
like, and let's put that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, like, well, <laughs> these people were living their lives, you know, and, and they had like clear governances and things that were, you know, imposed on them for their own posterity. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, some of that in the old Testament, the Levitical law was, was the, you know, those were the stop signs. Those were the traffic laws. Those were the things that, you know, they had to abide by for their own posterity. It wasn't necessarily a greater connection to something that would produce salvation. Yeah. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Paul is saying, I'm addressing the whole of why law came into being, mm-hmm. you know, where of course that's the, you know, this moral law, this mosaic law, these different elements that you could separate, you know, and kind of put them in category, um, you know, and say, well, yeah, some of it does apply. Of course, some of it does apply. Um, but some of it does not, you know, like <laughs> right, if yeah. we, uh, applied that, that modern day to this, to this day, you know, or vice versa, if we take, try to take this day and shove into their day, it doesn't make sense to say, don't run a stop sign right. to, you know, these Hebrews, like it, there, it, there's absolutely no context for it. None. Zero. So, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like for them and for what they had and for how they governed their farms and you know, even, even their rules and restrictions of how they could give to the temple, Mm -hmm. um, or to the priest. Very specific. Very specific. Yeah. You know, and so for us to try to make a connection on tip for tat kind of laws, I think is a miss. It's a huge miss. We're missing the point is what Paul would say. Right. I think. And when we think about it from the perspective of like, so for example, uh, I, I can't remember if this is from Scott McKnight's book or somewhere else, but the Bible was written to a specific, a very, in Moses a sub, days, well, yeah, Moses that, ways but like, we're talking, I mean, Israel is the size of like, what, Rhode Island, Delaware, yeah. something, very small. It's so a, it's a, it's a text that was written to a subgroup of humanity. And then you have books like Leviticus that were written to like a small subgroup of a subgroup of humanity it. within that. And all of that is tied to a theocracy and people having a temple and you know maintaining sacred yeah. space so the presence of God can dwell like none literally none of those things are applicable to us but what is applicable is that we can see what that was what that teaches us about number 1 holiness right. about the fact that that God is holy and other than us and number 2 it points to a greater reality and we can see that fulfilled in the person of Jesus right like that that's yep. the point the point isn't following quote unquote them but to follow them is to arrive at the destination, which is Jesus. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's what's so beautiful about this text, right? And we're going into 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And the point of this is reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point that we're going to drive home within this series is that Paul is trying to reconcile uh, with this church. He's trying to teach this church how to reconcile with others. We need to know how to reconcile, right? And, and a part of this is the bedrock foundation of how we accept the gospel, and if we accept it in, in a way that is holistic, um, it will help us reconcile. It will help us work through the difficult things that um, we're going to face in life. And so uh, I think part of it is like, let's just talk about some of these like offshoots that, that come from this. Part of it is like the separation, right? Coming from an independent Baptist background, this separation that Israel is this entity and the church is its entity I think can create and foster some of these misnomers. Mm-hmm. It can create and foster this idea that some of these things carry over and some of them don't. And and then they get to hold the keys to what trans transfers and what doesn't. 
what parts we're going to cherry pick and contextualize to the right. church versus what parts we're going to leave in Israel and not bring because that's its own exclusive thing. How do you get that? And and I like I said, I haven't really landed on this. You know, I'm kind of like still unpacking um, and still learning. And I'm, you know, relatively new within the last eight years to this idea separate from how I was raised. But, you know, Paul is if you look at read the last you have your you have your Bible. Uh, is it in the program? Go to the end of Second Corinthians chapter three. It's in the program. Yeah. End of Second Corinthians chapter I, three. I pasted the whole chapter in there, I think. Three, one through eighteen. Yeah, so go to like verse seventeen and eighteen. What, what oh, does yeah, that that's say? beautiful. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces, looking as in no mask, looking as in a mirror, <laughs> or looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Yeah, he's using the same language that he used to describe how it worked with Israel. Mm-hmm. Go to the Galatians, the last part in Galatians. That Galatians chapter 3. 19. Three. Yeah, go to like 18 and 19. What's that say? Yeah, so 19 is, uh, Wherefore then serves the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was mm-hmm. made. Keep going. It? And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator, mediator of one, but God is one. <laughs> There's the Shema. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily, righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Yep. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Is that, that what you wanted? Yeah, yeah. So if you fast forward to um, verse number. Uh, I think, yeah, right here, verse number 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is mm. neither male nor female. For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed mm-hmm. and heirs according to the promise. Right. Like, he, And that's where Paul is talking about how Abraham, you know, the promise of faith was made to Abraham, you know, multiple you know, hundreds and hundreds of years before, you know, Sinai came to be. Right. But but it's like that promise, that was the same promise that the law was kicking the can down the road further mm-hmm. that would get us to the point when, you know, Jesus would come and fulfill all of that. Mm-hmm. And then we would have all of that in its physical manifestation in the sun, right? Mm-hmm. And then we then could, by faith, be justified or declared righteous against so it's what full the law, circle it's full circle yeah and it's the same circle and so when we create these different like dispensations and these different covenants that um are functioning independently of each other i think that we're really working against what paul is doing yeah because sure. paul is saying it's neither this nor this it's one body mm-hmm. you know and so and i'm i'm kind of like showing my hand here a little bit you know how i, how I have come full circle on a lot of these things but I think when we segregate and separate these things and parse them out, you know, what we're doing is we're enabling the law to work differently in other places and in other areas. Yeah. And then when we do that, we are uh, opening up ourselves to this idea of legalism, yeah. to this idea that we can now apply restriction to certain things in our lives when 
the New Testament is speaking of something different. The New Testament is speaking of something of liberty, of mm-hmm. freedom, of the opposite of restrictions. You know, and and in the same book, Galatians, where he talks about, you know, uh, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. There's no regulation to these things. So this this the New Testament, the New Covenant, comes to fruition where we are now living in abundance. Mm-hmm. If we're in the Spirit of God, then we are allowing that Spirit to just roll over and completely annihilate the enemy with the abundance of his goodness and abundance of his grace. And that flows from the suffering of the cross. That flows from the suffering that Jesus experienced. By his stripes, we are healed. We are experiencing new life. We are experiencing new promise. We are experiencing new favor because he has conquered. He has fulfilled the entire the entirety of the law within himself. And so when we bring a part of, and I'm, I know we're wading in the weeds here, but when we bring a part of that law in our life to say, I'm going to fulfill this aspect of holiness, I'm going to be able to within myself uh, conquer this, you know, this piece of the law, and I'm going to do it within my religious system, you know, we are literally circumventing the gospel and circumventing Jesus. Rather than saying, I will live in his victory, I will be enabled by the Holy Spirit of God, which literally means everything good that I am is a part of who he is. Mm -hmm. And it has made me a son and daughter. It has transformed me into a new creation that is his son or daughter. That's completely different than living this legalistic, it's reliant on my ability to accomplish, to check those boxes, right? And so I think that part of it if I look back and I analyze the old way of thinking that I come from, part of it is these creating of systems that don't mm-hmm. properly deal with the law yeah. and they don't properly deal with the way Paul is dealing with it in this text. Right. And the, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think part of that is a, an obsession in that world to have a systematic, you know, we want to systematize everything and it just gets shoved into that box and the, the ramifications sometimes are just, they're not good things. They're not. And I think to to add, they're people striving. They're people living. They're right. people trying to earn something that has already been earned. Correct. Yeah. And, they, and they'll say, you know, you, they're the first to say, you know, by grace through faith alone. Right. But. You're right. Yeah. I just heard. It's just my kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounded like somebody was <laughs> screaming in horror. Um, my kids are running around in the in the building over there. But um but thinking about it like that they're the first to say that but like they you know, they look at sanctification as though that is a way of earning God's favor. You know, he looks at you differently based on what you do in your abilities and in yeah. you know as if as if we had anything to do with that. It's such a fine it's line. It's very backwards. It, it but it is a fine line. Right. And this is the where, where I'm sympathetic towards it is <laughs> sorry about the noisy kids in the background. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm sympathetic towards it in a way because it is such a fine line, and because it has taken me a long time to get to where I'm at, and I wouldn't even say I've fully arrived where I would like to be, right? Um, at all, you know. But it's such a fine line of of parsing these things out and kind of yeah. figuring out where you know by grace through faith lands and where you know how what we do lines up with sanctification i guess and and what that what that looks like but yeah and i think part of it is like the pendulum to swing 
is always when you exit something like fundamentalism, you want to exit to reform theology. Right. Because it's already done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. it's like, that makes sense, you know, and, and you're grasping for something that, you know, <laughs> we all go through a Calvinist <clears throat> phase. We do. Yeah. Because <laughs> part of it is like, okay, no, that, you know, my justification and my sanctification and all of these things have already been done. Right. But it's like, you know, the answer is yes, you know, already, but not yet, you uh-huh, know? And, right. and so that statement, we are like, both sanctified and also currently being sanctified right yeah very very interesting yeah and you can see both thing when you study those passages of scripture you know you can see both grammatically there present in the text Mm -hmm. you know both something that is continuing and something that is in the past so it's it's so very you know unique and intricate but i think the idea is uh, as i'm continuing to to study and learn and grow is that your decisions are not divorced from this. They're very much a part of this, but your decisions should play into what has been already secured for you in your future in Jesus. Right. You know, and that's where it's like, it is just as important for you to make decisions for you to exercise your free will. Uh, and that's where, you know, I'll lose many, but, uh, (laughs) it's just (laughs) as important for you to exercise those decisions because in the end of the day, you can defect, you can go apostate, you right. can fall away. Yeah. What does that mean? It means you can make decisions. You know, yeah. it means that you have to make the right decisions. You know, the Lord has made you in his image. You know, you are an image bearer of Jesus. And at some point, you know, it is, it is required upon you to live holy. We're not saying you don't have to do these things. But we are saying that the motivation, you know, those motives that come from and with, you know, they, they can take you one direction or another. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either have the right framework for this and say, you know what? I'm not earning anything. I'm truly just living off of someone else's coattails. I'm truly living. The law tells me that I absolutely could not live up to this standard, but yet I'm living up to this standard. This is Mm -hmm. amazing. And you can see what Jesus does for you on a daily basis. You can pray in the spirit of God and feel and be indwelled and let the glory of the Lord shine through you. Uh, and then you can also in that moment be proud about it and it all disappear and yeah. it all vanish, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it is such a, a unique and almost yeah. fragile. Our lives I was going to say are, are very a fragile, fragile thing. Yeah. But yet it's not fragile on Jesus's end. It's not right. fragile on the Holy Ghost's end. But I think that I'm speaking just from a personal place of my own life. If you're honest with yourself, preacher, if you're honest with yourself, parishioner, whatever, you know, congregant, wherever you are in, in your walk, if you're honest with yourself, you can look in the mirror and sometimes not feel the power of the, of the spirit of God and sometimes feel the struggle and sometimes feel alone or depressed or anxious, you know? And so it is a battle. There are practical ask aspects, practical aspects to something that is an eternal war that has already been won, you know? So it's just very interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And on the, you know, and on that note too, man, that's a really good segue for what I wanted to to hit on that you hit on on Sunday. Um, and on that note too, like the old, the Old Testament was never, you know, the expectation was never do these things and you inherit eternal life. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was never the expectation. It was all about everything was tied to the land and it was tied to God's presence. And when we read Ezekiel, you know, he had had enough. They were apostate. They were worshiping other gods. The presence left. And shortly after the presence left, they left the land because they were exiled. Like that was the, 
that was it. Like covenant fulfilled on God's end. If you don't do these things and you do these things, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to leave and you're going to be out of the land and foreigners will occupy it. And that's exactly what happened. Right. Right. And moving forward into, um, you know, moving forward into new Testament theology, the principle is the same. We're just like when, you know, Moses received the law at Sinai, you know, that it wasn't do these things to be saved. And in the, in the new Testament, so much more, it isn't about, well, if you don't do these things, then God's disappointed and you've lost favor. Like, it's not what it's about. That's never what it's been about. Um, in, you know, in, in Christianity or, or historic, I guess, real Judaism. I don't think that, not to say that Jewish people today aren't real, but it's oh, not, real. this is a very different, very different uh, system here. Biblical Judaism, I guess, is a, is a, is what I would say. Um, so moving, moving from that, talking about the war already being won. So I thought it was interesting. You talked a little bit about, you dropped words like Mount Bashan and Mount Hermon. Yeah. Um, region I, of Bashan. Yeah. Mount Hermon, yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought w- kind of what's interesting is what we're talking about. So you read, if you read the New Testament a lot and Paul will reference, you know, Jesus was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, mm. you know, as if, and then you read your old Testament and you're like, okay. I don't see anything in here about anybody rising at all, let alone on a third day. And I don't right. see anything about here of the, the need of a suffering Messiah. Um, but when you said, um, you know, Mount Hermon, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so if you go to, no, there's a thing, right? And this is, um, so this is really cool stuff. And when I say that the whole narrative of the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus, this is the stuff that just slips under the radar that we just glance over and we never see. So if we go to Psalm 67, or I'm sorry, it's Psalm 68. It's 67 in the Septuagint. Um, But if we go to Psalm 68, let me get over to it here. I'm not used to the iPad app. So Psalm 68, if you go and read it, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's worth looking into to kind of get an idea of these topics. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Moses' face glowing. And when Jesus is on the mount and he's transfigured, the mountain that he's on is is not Mount Sinai. It's it's Mount uh, Mount Hermon in the region of Bashan, um, and we know that because that's the only mountain in the region. And what's significant about that is when you read Psalm sixty eight, it talks about a a rivalry between Gates of Hell. Yep, it talks about a rivalry between these two ha- uh, two <laughs> two mountains. You have Baal's mountain, Mount Bashan, and then you have uh, you know Mount Sinai, which is Yahweh's mountain. And so there's like this rivalry thing going on. Uh, but Psalm 68 is one of those examples. So when you read the Greek New Testament, the word that's used for Jesus' resurrection is uh, is from the lemma anastemi, hmm. right? And then Psalm 68, the first words, right? Let God arise. And in the in the Greek Septuagint, it's let God anastemi or anasteto is a it's a form of that that lemma. Hmm. Um, but when Paul would read this, like when he's reading it without, we're reading it like with a layer of English over top of it. Um, but Paul seeing like, let God ra- be raised up, let, you know, and then he's looking at it in hindsight, like let Jesus be raised up and his enemies be scattered. And so there's like this theme in Psalm 68 of this, this conquering of Bashan by Yahweh and Mount Sinai is linked to, to God raising up. And then in Psalm 82, you have the same thing. It's the same lemma, anastemi, where it says, rise up, O God, and take back the nations. And that's the Great Commission is the taking back of the nations. But it's linked in Psalm 82 to God rising up. And when we read that, we're like, you know, stand up. And, and you know, the the verb can uh, mean that. But but it's really cool to see when you read your Old Testament, you can see like, oh, 
you know, Paul and Jesus and, and the apostles weren't playing when they said that even the Psalms, they point to a, a suffering and rising again Messiah. Yeah. And that's where they get their theology from. They're not just, you know, it's not just stuff they made up right. after they encountered the person of Jesus. And so when we read our Old Testament, these are the things that should matter to us, not like, okay, does this apply to me? Does this not apply to me? No, this is pointing to a greater reality. Right. And the greater reality is what Paul is saying, like, hey, I don't know why you're still back here trying to do these things. Like, that didn't work out for anybody. And he's like, but what they all pointed to right. is the person of Jesus. And Jesus is the one who's going to take back Mount Bashan from the powers. Jesus is the one who's going to take back the nations from the powers. And so there's all these things going on and just a few little things that are, you know, it's a Psalm yeah. of David, which is ironic because he's, you know, Messianic Psalms, you mm -hmm. know, he's the, the Messiah figure. Um, but there's all these things going on. And the, the big overarching point is that there's a future reality coming. And Paul is saying, hey, Jesus was that reality. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the reality that the scriptures pointed to of the rising or the dying and rising Messiah who would release the right. Israelites from bondage and exile. But that doesn't look like what they maybe thought it would have. No. You know, not at all. Yeah, because they were extremely confused. Yeah. You know, but taking this, you know, taking this war right to the, the doorstep of, of mm -hmm. you know, what Satan had thought he had begun. I mean, it's so consistent through, you know, Ephesians and the armor of God statement. Why? Because it's a war against the principalities and powers. Yeah. You know, it's never about. It's never about man. No. And, and warring against people. Which is another reason for you to say. You know, man, if I make this law and legalistic piece about myself and about how my mechanics are living and working out, it's it would almost be a distraction against yeah. the very point of what has been risen, of mm -hmm. what has, uh, you know, undertaken the reversing of the curse, the undoing of the Babel event, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's what Pentecost. I mean, it's, it's kind of where, where, yeah, that's where, where we're, we're at. at, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, of course, reading Heiser, but. Um, you, you know, we're, we're thinking and viewing everything from that optic of it, of it being reversed and turned back to, you know, the Lord being the God of all the nations. And that's the, the message of the new covenant is now there will be, you know, sons and daughters of every nation. If yeah. you were a part of this thing that was begun in faith, you know, we know from Hebrews 11, you're still you're a part of Abraham's seed. You're, you're a part heir. of the faith that precedes Sinai. <laughs> exactly. <And laughs> precedes. That was yeah. good. That was Didn't good. Even, it's a pun. That's for you, Josh. If you listen to this, that's for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just so like it's very picturesque of you know the the, the condemnation that we would have endured, and if we, if we can begin to internalize these truths, if we can begin to kind of you know, put these things and these pieces together. What Paul is saying in, in our text is you're going to be overjoyed. You're, you're going to be glowing. You're going to be radiating the truth. Excuse me. And it, it, this is going to mean so much more to you than Moses just being in the presence of God, knowing that the presence of God really would have killed him mm -hmm. in his present state. You're enjoying God's presence today. If you're a child of God, if you're a believer, like the fact, and, and this could extend to prosperity, right? The fact that some people are preaching a gospel that says, if you're a child of God, then you can have whatever you want on this <laughs> world. And sure. like, that's what makes it so just a big bag of hot garbage. 
literally because dumpster fire that's completely in opposition to what paul is saying paul is saying you literally have rights and 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 privileges beyond what anyone in this world could fathom or what they could even conjure up in 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 ways of pleasure this side of heaven and and so we should be radiating we should not allow corruption we're going to talk about this next week we should not allow suffering. We shouldn't allow anything to get in the way of our joy, of our witness, of us bearing witness of what the Lord is doing. Um, it's it's just an incredible privilege to be Jesus followers. It and, is. And to put this... We're so privileged. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew it was. <laughs> You locked eyes with me and you were like, I know where it's going. <laughs> we'll leave that one right there. Uh, but it's it's just... You know, it's unreal. It's unbelievable. It's supernatural. It's above what we can experience in this. And it so, is above our understanding. Yeah. So let's not cheapen it by by saying, you know, well, I'm this because of God's favor or, you know, God's favor is going to earn me this, that or the other or I can earn vice versa. It's so much further than that. It's so much further beyond all of those things. You know, the Lord has... Uh, I mean, he has won a cosmic battle and we are the, the spoils of that war, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going to continue into eternity, you know, and so, so this should be an encouragement to so many of you that are struggling with the wars and the battles that you're fighting this side of heaven. If you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with, you know, your, your own happiness, your own joy, your own victory, if you're struggling with politics, if you're struggling with relationships, Look, you can reconcile all of that according to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And all of it like just goes away. Just just like that. You can endure these things. Uh they are but a light affliction, you know. My <laughs> my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, like there's just so much it's just a completely different perspective and reversal when we truly understand and see the gospel for what it is. And like I said, I'm not sitting here pretending to be any type of, of, you know, uh, scholar or whatever. I have no, you know, concept of these things in that realm, you know, but I'm just over here gleaning from the table, picking up Mm -hmm. the crumbs and the crumbs of the gospel and the crumbs of understanding the crumbs that I'm receiving just from my Bible study are far beyond rubies of what this earth could offer Mm -hmm. are far beyond whatever this life could offer in treasures and you know, I was I was watching um, a uh, reaction video of Doug Wilson to Joe Rogan's video, uh, one of his videos, and he was just like spit firing against Christianity, and you know Doug Wilson's roasting him, you know what I mean, <laughs> essentially, and and it's just you know the perspective. If you're watching this and you are a believer, you know there is a certain level of responsibility you know, that you have to carry this. And so if you're in limbo, if you're not quite, this conversation, you know, has produced more questions, go, go listen to the sermon. Yeah. Uh, If that sermon still leaves you unresolved, leaves you with tension, um, you know, don't leave it unresolved. Keep chasing that. Keep pursuing the Lord in that relationship. It's worth it. It is absolutely Mm -hmm. worth it because when you come out on the other side, uh, you'll receive a blessing. It's true. And what I think what you said, I think you said it in your message, um, but, you know, Bible study is hard work. Um, mm-hmm. And for a lot of you, you know, you may study your Bible, but for those of, you know, who you work with, you are the only Bible that they will ever, you know, 
get a chance to see. Uh, what you say yeah. is what they know, mm-hmm. and it's very important that we we know why we believe what we believe and what what you know what some of these uh, controversial things mean. Yeah, and it is rewarding, and it's not rewarding because you can sit down and get every single answer about everything because scripture is not black and white. Scripture is not easy to understand at all times. Um, but it is rewarding and it is important. Um, and so if we're, in, if we're truly interested in, in, in taking advantage of, you know, Paul's idea of reconciliation and what that looks like, we got to dig in, we got to study, and we have to be committed. Yeah. Um, and that's a vital part of our relationship with the Lord is, is yeah. Bible study. That's good. So, but yeah. Well, good times. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, like yeah. I said, if you, if you haven't listened to the message yet, the link's in the description and yeah. his sermon notes are in there as well. And, um, yeah, we, we really yeah. are grateful that you joined us this week. Yeah, we hope to see you Sunday morning, 9 yep. or 11. Yep. Or, uh, well, yeah. Yep, Sunday morning. I was going to say, this is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, got it. See you then. Love you. God, God bless. bless you. Do less. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.